David Bloom with Bloom in Tech. Today, I am joined by Vipe Desai. He is the CEO of a company called HDX Mix, which does environmentally friendly sports drinks. But the reason why we're talking in particular today is Vipe has come up with an interesting ocean-focused conference called Rising Tide Summit. And it's going to be held uh, very soon, and we'll get into where and when and all that in a minute, and bring together thinkers, innovators, business people, scientists, researchers, et cetera, et cetera, to talk about challenges facing the ocean and solutions that might help make it all better. So, Vipe, welcome aboard. Hi, David. Thanks for having me on your show. Now, tell me a little bit, if you would, about the Rising Tide Summit and what kind of got you in. It does seem, as I said earlier, a bit of a jump from your day job. Yeah, look, for the last uh, 20 years, I've been very concerned about the health of our oceans. And my journey began when I got an opportunity to join the board of directors for the Surfrider Foundation. And I got to see the work that these grassroots activist organizations were doing, and I just continued my involvement in diving deeper into what more I could do. And over the years, I realized that businesses can be used as a force for good. And that's why I launched HDX Hydration Mix, my environmentally sports drink company. But the with my service on nonprofit boards, I felt that there was an, an opportunity to bring this dialogue to business owners and innovators because most of the conferences that are out there focus on the, the, the research, the science, and the issues, but really there isn't a conference or a gathering that really brings in the business owners and invites them to engage on these issues as to what more they can do as businesses. They are the market movers, and that's really what we need. We need businesses to step up and help to protect our oceans, and that's why I created the Rising Tide Summit. That's, a, I think, a fascinating little extra wiggle there. But give me some examples as you have been pulling together this conference, and this is the first one, and obviously it's a bit of a you know, brand new world, but what are the kinds of connections that you're hoping to make? Are there particular kinds of companies that you anticipate will be there or that can, can take some of what they're going to hear from some of the, the folks on the research side, et cetera, et cetera, and turn it into really actionable, you know, sustainable business opportunities? You know, look, the type of folks that are going to be there are obviously Jenny and Tim from Altacy, but we've also got Matt Mulrinen, who is the director of the Ocean Initiative at XPRIZE Foundation. He and XPRIZE are really focusing around technology for our oceans. So if there are any businesses out there that are working on apps or any use of technology, robotics, or anything like that, this is an on-ramp for their, them to get involved, get a better understanding of what others are doing and what they might do. But we're also talking about innovation in the surf industry. There's a gentleman who's going to be there talking about the first zero-waste surfboard factory where they are taking waste that is taken from uh, surfboard manufacturing and it is delivered to a mealworm farm, which then these, these worms devour all the foam waste instead of it going into a landfill, and it turns into soil. So we're really looking at bringing in businesses from all sectors, whether it's renewable energy, technology, apparel, manufacturing, restaurants, all across the board to hear stories of other businesses who have initiated uh, sustainable or cause-related marketing or socially responsible programs within their business. 
Okay, and it is all basically ocean focused, is that correct? Yeah, we wanted to stay focused on our ocean. Uh, I've had a belief for many years that our ocean is the most powerful economic engine on earth and that without a healthy ocean, we don't have healthy people, healthy planet or profits. And I wanted to, you know, engage businesses to be part of this discussion and be the solutions that we need. Now, you mentioned uh, Jenny and Tim there with Altacy. What's the connection between uh, Rising Tide and Altacy? The connection there is um, I've been uh, asked to serve as an ambassador for Altacy, and over the years I've gotten to learn the work that the facility is doing. I've fallen in love with this project. It's in my backyard. And the other side of it, honestly, personally for me is, the harbor there is where I discovered the ocean. So for me, it's a bit of a homecoming. And to have Altacy there on the port where everything began for me and to help them to further their mission, the Rising Tide Summit just was the right fit. It was the right time, the right people, the right message, the right conversations and history and everything. So it couldn't have aligned up much better than what's already happening. Give us an idea of some of the folks that are going to be speaking or presenting at the conference. So we have Dune Ives, who is the executive director for the Lonely Whale Foundation. It's a fairly new organization that's come up uh, over the last couple of years, but their work on uh, raising awareness for plastic straws and some of the initiatives and campaigns that they have uh, launched in the last year have already won awards. They have changed the dialogue of how people look at plastic straw waste and how they engage. So Dune is going to be talking about the Strawless Ocean campaign that we launch. Uh, it's called Stop Sucking. So if anybody wants to look it up, just Google Stop Sucking, and you'll see some really amazing content, stories, and videos around that campaign. We have Fred Keeley, uh, who's former California Assembly member, and Dr. David Wilmot from Ocean Champions. They're going to be talking about how political hardball can save the ocean. I think that's one area that is still a little soft um, in the conservation community of what can we do politically. And this organization, I serve on their board and I've been working with them for years and they are really working hard to elect those people to Congress and Senate who are going to put forth good ocean policy. So they'll have a unique conversation to share that is rarely heard at any other conference. And then we've also got folks like Jim Moriarty. Jim is former CEO of Surfrider Foundation. He instituted a lot of technology into Surfrider to reach more people. He is now the director of brand citizenship at 72 and Sunny, which is an award-winning global marketing agency. And he's going to be talking about age of activism and the rise of brand citizenship. So we're really going to be putting a wide array of conversations um, out for the attendees to plug into. That's really interesting, that latter one in particular. 72 and Sunny has certainly uh, kind of blown up in recent times, but this notion of brand citizenship where you're, I mean, it's like a step beyond even the corporate social responsibility stuff into this next level of engagement. And, you know, a lot of the research shows that millennials and the generation behind them, the Gen Z kids, will make decisions about who they engage with, what brands they support, based in part on their policies on all kinds of interesting things, like, you know, uh, their inclusiveness uh, for 
people of color, uh, you know, gender uh, gender neutrality, uh, uh, non-discrimination against you know gays and lesbians and others, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole bunch of stuff there that helps decide for these up-and-coming consumers what brands they want to connect with in a way that's forcing a lot of brands to sort of, you know, they used to want to sit on the sidelines. They don't want to do that anymore, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that's happening, too, is that this is a this is an evolution of brand stewardship. I think brands are turning into the defenders of our democracy and everything that our country stands for. And, you know, before brands were doing these, you know, one-off cause-related marketing programs here and there, and then some brands started to initiate that responsibility on a day-to-day basis on how they source materials or products for their end uh, goods and everything like that. And then you've seen that, you know, brands have started to engage in a lot more storytelling and talking about their values and everything, which is great. But now this next level is what you touched upon is that it's this next level of engagement and brand citizenship is a great way to frame it is that it's not, you can't just talk about what your values are and what you stand for, but you also have to step up and stand up against things that will do harm to your values. And I think a perfect example of that is Patagonia. You look and see what they've done recently. As soon as the administration came out against public places and the monuments and so forth, you saw Patagonia come out hard and strong and swinging and to sue this administration. I think that really was a good use of their brand. And in all honesty, if you look at it, their customers want Patagonia to defend these outdoor places because that's where people recreate. And I think it's the same opportunity for people that we're talking to is that, look, you know, restaurants, hotels, if you have a business that is on the coast, you should defend that coastline because without a healthy ocean, you won't have customers. So this is a really big opportunity to open up this conversation. That's why I think Jim's presentation around rise of brand citizenship is going to get a lot of people interested it's, it's a way for them to engage, but it's also kind of a how-to of like, what more can you do and how do you do this? 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was at USC in the business school as an administrator, and, and they brought in their first social entrepreneurship professor, and and they began that, those conversations. And some of that got, I guess, interrupted a bit by the economic collapse a couple of years later, but that sentiment didn't go away. Those kids still believe that stuff. And and it's really hard to argue against them as we see various challenges. How would people be able to take part both um, as presenters or as exhibitors or just as attendees on the Rising Tide Summit? Right now, our panels and our speaker roles are already filled. So we're set on that. But we have, we have room for people to attend. They can do that by visiting risingtidesummit.net. And we do have a few more spots for businesses. If they want to showcase their product or service, we have a few spots left for that, and they can do that through the website as well. Okay, and the website, it's just Rising Tide Summit, and it's Rising Tide Singular Summit? Yes, risingtidesummit.net, yeah, singular. And .net's always key. That throws people off sometimes. Is there a social media presence as well on Facebook, on Twitter, those kinds of places? Yeah, the best thing people can do to engage with our summit is use the hashtag Rising Tide Summit. 
that's the best way. Uh, that way they can engage, they can be part of the overall conversation as opposed to having get stuck in one social media feed. But if they use the hashtag Rising Tide Summit through their social channels, we'll be listening and we'll be quick to repost and reshare. And what do you hope comes out of all this beyond uh, conversation and some enhanced awareness? There's a couple of things that I would like to see. I would like to see a new dialogue, a new level of dialogue start to take place amongst nonprofits, government, and businesses, and really businesses driving these innovations and solutions. This is the first year for the summit, so for now, all we want to do is get it off the ground, get the conversation going, and then learn from it. But the big advantage is that we want it to be back next year. Our goal is to bring it back every year. It will always be here in Southern California, hopefully at Alta, see if they'll have us. And instead of moving around, we will always be here, whereas other conferences tend to move around globally. We're going to stay put. So really the first year, let's just get the conversation going. Let's bring people into the conversation. Let's just build this momentum. And as you say, it will be held at the gigantic space controlled by Altasee, which has 35 acres in one of the oldest portions of the Port of Los Angeles, which is part of the busiest port complex in the country and one of the busiest in the world. And they've got these uh, 100-year-old wharfs that they're converting into space for all kinds of interesting stuff, an uh, incubator for blue economy-oriented new businesses, uh, education for STEM-related education for kids and boys and girls clubs down there to try and create some of the kids that can eventually have jobs and some of the businesses they're trying to start. And they're also working pretty closely with a consortium of major research institutions and, and colleges and universities up and down the coast. So it's going to be down there at their facilities in the harbor, and uh, you can find more information on all that, I guess, on the web at uh, risingtidesummit.net. Well, Vipe, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it and look forward to the conference. It's going to be what days? Uh, it's March 28th and 29th. All right. Coming right up. Well, thank you so much, and uh, hope to see you there. Everybody take care. Thank you.